Welcome to Branded, where we talk with the biggest names in business. And our guest today, I'm very excited to have. She's been described by the New York Times as an expert at self-reinvention and helping others make changes in their lives. She's lectured and taught at universities around the world, including Harvard. Uh, she's taught in Madrid. She's uh, taught at the Moscow School of Management. So she's been, she's international. Sounds fancy. Don't know exactly what that is, but wow. <laughs> <laughs> and she's written three books, including Reinventing You, which is my favorite. And I'm super excited to have Dory Clark on the show. Thank you so much. Really great to be here, guys. <laughs> Just a round of applause for that. Just, yeah, it was an incredible bio. So I was, Tom was telling me about that and I was like, wow, I feel very underaccomplished right now. <laughs> Harvard grad. I, I, I may have a few years on you, so I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much. <laughs> well... This, I mean, we always make the show, it's all about Griffin. He's the big social media star. But Griff, I mean, I need you to calm down for a second. I'm going to make it a little bit about me. <laughs> okay. But don't worry, listeners out there, all the Griffin fans, we're going to quickly go back to him. But uh, Dory, I just want to say thank you for everything you've done. Really, after reading your books and kind of talking with you, you transformed me into... Uh, a corporate sales guy into whatever the fuck I am now. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what that is, but you know, I really thank you. Everyone go read her book. She's done an incredible job. That's awesome, Tom. Thank you. I, rem I remember getting those, those emails from you. You read reinventing you and you, you know, would email me some, some questions and I get, I get very, very invested in the Tom Ward journey. So I'm <laughs> pretty excited to see where you come out, my man. Well, thank you. Now, the first question is, are most people aware of what their brand is. I think most people have a general sense. You know, mo most people, if they're shy, they know they're shy. If they are, you know, a big thinker, creative person, they, they probably know that. The real issue comes from the fact that the, the biggest thing that we don't know about ourselves, it's not sort of up or down, are you this or are you that? It's what is it that most other people think about you um, that, that stands out the most? Out of the, you know, the million traits you possess, what is it that's most memorable or most different or meaningful in other people's eyes? And understanding that becomes really critical because that becomes your differentiating factor that you can, you can really leverage if you want to. That's is great. It, is it what, I mean, I heard too, like your personal brand and right. you could talk I about struggle. this. Yeah, I, I struggle with that. Um, and I, I'm glad you mentioned that because I've been doing social media a little over uh, like a year and a half now. And I always thought that, you know, I was like the comedy guy, the action guy. And like, like I'm a very upbeat person. And I thought that's how I was selling myself. And then I realized I'm the oldest one in Sway. I'm in college, like I'm a senior this year. And, uh, just recently, I, I realized that a lot of people looked up to me as kind of like an older figure, like an older brother. And I was missing that. Kind of the grandpa of the scene. I yeah. That. Yeah. At, at 21. That's yeah. great. And I was, I was kind of like missing that. I, I thought that I was supposed to be like the fun, like the action, like, you know, and I realized pretty, pretty quickly that it was more people looked up to me and I needed to speak more about, you know, issues or things that I go through or just helping people out. And uh, it's resonated really well. So that's such an important insight. I mean, it's, it's really true. We, we have a, you know, most of us have a decent understanding of ourselves, but it's much harder to have an understanding of how you sort of fit into the ecosystem. Right. And the point you raise is, is really important. I mean, if, if you were just sort of, you know, atomized and on your own, then sure, you might be the comedy guy. You might right. be the, you know, the action guy, but you, you fit into this whole world and it ends up being relationally that people view you in a different light. 
Yeah, that's that's exactly why. And it, it took me a long time to figure that out. I was really excited to speak to you today because, you know, I'm not saying I still know, um, but I, I've kind of got a better idea now. And I, I just, it's crazy that you said that because that's literally what I was going through. I thought I had it figured out and uh, I didn't. I didn't have it figured out at all, so. Dory, is like personal brand, because when I think of you, the first thing I think of, Griff, is social media star, TikToker, and that's right. probably what most people think. Of course. Dory, is is personal brand what people say about you when you leave the room? I've heard that. Yeah, you know, I would, I would say basically, right? Th there's two different elements. You know, part of it is who do we think we are? You know, what, you know, how, how would we like to be seen? And then the other part is, well, how are people actually seeing us? And both of those matter, right? We, we can't just focus on how we want to be seen and leave it at that because if the message isn't getting through for some reason, like if the, if the wires are crossed, it's not going to do anybody any good. You can't force people to see you in a certain way. But we also can't just think about the outside world because we want to have some kind of an internal compass of, oh, well, you know, actually this is who I think I am. You know, the, the real art of personal branding is bringing those two things into alignment. If it turns out that the world is somehow not seeing you the way you want to be seen, well, you know, the question is like, well, what are you going to do about that? How do we fix that? And if we can get those aligned, it's very powerful. Yeah, I definitely could use that help for sure. Um, <laughs> just like I was talking about, uh, I was thinking all about on the inside, like who I wanted to be, not exactly how people saw me. And I was missing like, um, like this big connection because a lot of my following, I mean, I still do have a big following, but I feel like I've lost a little bit. And the reason why was because I wasn't adopting anything from the outside. Like any, the, the way that people saw me, I wasn't playing into that at all. I was just playing how I wanted to be seen. Um, and now I'm kind of like on the other spectrum where I'm looking from the outside. So I'm trying to meet in the middle there. And it's very difficult. Very difficult. Wait, so real quick. So you're losing followers by being yourself more. Is that kind of what's happening? I wouldn't say I was losing followers. Is it's about engagement, uh, and I don't know how much you like know about social media, but Dory's a monster. I see her on Twitter. Yeah. Everyone follows. So her. you know, you've seen people that have millions of followers and get the same engagement as someone with fifty thousand followers, but they're all engaged. Um, so like the, in the summer, even I was getting you know a, a million likes on Instagram. Now it's like cut in half. And it's like, why? What, what was I doing? And it was because you can only be that crazy entertaining guy for so long without capturing, you know, your audience and your, you know, making sure your brand is on point with who they, who they see you as. And I was just missing the boat. So that's I, really interesting. It's a lot of, that's, that's great self-reflection, Griff. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. Thank you. It, it took a lot. I've went through a lot of struggles for sure. Um, and like I said, it, it's only been a year and a half and I didn't do social media before. So I had no clue going into this. Um, but yeah, I was really excited to talk to you about that. I was excited. <laughs> Dory, do you need, like, I think Griff, you have an end goal kind of as how you want to be seen. Right. Dory, is that something like the average person listening in their car right now? Do they have to have an end goal? Like I want to be seen as this, or what if they don't know? I mean, is that something that they have to figure out first? Well, it's pretty common for people to not, to not know necessarily. I mean, I, I think the way that I think about our own self-understanding, whether it comes to personal branding or sometimes it's about your career goals or what kind of job you want, is 
you know, it's great if you can see, you know, 20 miles ahead, 20 years ahead, fantastic. But but most of us can't, right? And so the thing that we need to concentrate on, it's it's like if you're driving on a foggy road, right? As long as you can see five feet ahead of you so you don't crash into something, <laughs> like that's okay. That's enough for now. You that's just have to point. keep like, okay, I see the, you know, the next, uh, you know, like the next tree, the next billboard, I'll get there and then I'll evaluate and then I'll, I'll rejigger it as necessary. And so even if you don't have a perfect idea of like, oh, I ultimately want to be viewed as this, as you know, people can make tweaks. They can certainly say, well, I don't really know how I want to be seen in the ultimate sense, but I'd certainly like to be seen as more serious than I think people are seeing me now. Or I'd like to be seen as someone who has leadership potential. And right now I feel like my boss isn't really isn't really perceiving that. So you can make some tweaks in the short term to make that possible. Now Griff, I think you're a great example. Now, the person listening to the car goes, Griffin Johnson, I mean, he, I'm not him. He has 20 million <laughs> followers across social media. Most people can't relate to that. But what they can relate to is like, Dory, like, just like you said, I want to be perceived as, you know, more serious. I think that's kind of what you're wrestling with. Is- well, we can even back it up a little bit. And this can make sense for a lot of people and maybe even you. So whenever I was in college, I was uh, going for nursing. I wanted to do anesthesia. Um And my whole goal in life was I wanted to help people. Like I wanted to do something that was bigger than myself and I wanted to just help everyone I could. Um, So when social media came into play, you know, I'm doing the same thing just on bigger scale. That's why I took the opportunity because obviously it was better. It was more like, you know, I could impact the world more. But I always wondered like, and people asked me why I switched. And like, they used to tell me like, how did you leave nursing school to be a TikToker? And it was like, it was hard for me to answer um, at one point. And then one day it all clicked. It was like, I, I want to help people. And now I have that opportunity to do it on a much, much larger scale every day. Um, so that's my answer to people now. And I think that's important for what you're saying. It's like, you might not know what job you want. You might not know uh, where you want to take your career or um, anything like that. But there's, there's, there's broader things that you have to think about and what you want as a person. It's like, do you want to help people? Like, do you want to change culture? Do you want to, you know, build a business? Like, and it's not necessarily what exactly you're going to do or what job you're going to have or, um, you know, that specific. It's more like, what is your overall goal? And I think that's important for people to understand. That's a great way of framing it up. Yeah, absolutely. Dory, one of the things I liked um, and I applied is, when you talk about getting evidence and this is my interpretation, Dory, you wrote the books. I'm sure you know you have more to say, but basically to me, it meant if I want to all of a sudden I decide I want to be a hip hop expert. You know, I just want to be a hip hop thought leader or something, right? right. I want to be the next no jumper podcast, <laughs> right? People are going to look at me and go, what the, what the fuck do you know about hip hop? You know, why, why yeah. you? So Dory suggests you got to get evidence. So one of the good ways you can do it is writing. You write for hip hop blogs, you get on podcast talking about hip hop and then you build it up and then you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Tom's a hip hop expert. Got you. Dory, talk about um, getting evidence of kind of where you're trying to be your, you know, ideal future version of yourself and how to go about getting it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love it that you raised that point, Tom. So ultimately, in some ways, when it comes to inventing or reinventing a career for yourself, one of the the ways that I like to think about it is it's almost like if if you were a lawyer and you have to sort of like mount your case, right? Like how do you how do you prove it? Because 
we would like to believe that the people around us, you know, our family and our friends are just instinctively going to be really supportive of what we're doing. But the truth is oftentimes the people around you, they kind of have their own ideas or their own agenda. You know, they might say, well, Griff, it's a little safer to be a nurse <laughs> than it is to be a TikTok star, uh, you know, whatever. And they just, they don't fully get what you're trying to do. And, you know, there, there's lots of variations of, about that. You know, it's like, oh, well, you need to be an engineer, not a poet or, <laughs> or whatever. And so we need to do a couple of things. One is just over a duration of time, we need to demonstrate to the people around us that like, no, I am serious about this. You, you can't just sort of brush it off like this is a passing fancy. I really want to do this. And so if over time... You, you know, you're doing the things you need to do. You're, you're going, you're going to the lectures, you're reading the books, you're posting about it on social media, you're interviewing people, you're continuing to write or make music or whatever the thing is. It demonstrates a level of seriousness that eventually most people will take seriously. The other component, honestly, is that people are just so busy these days, you know, they're, they're pulled in a million directions they honestly forget, which unless they are super clued into you and paying attention to everything you're doing, they hear it once and it just doesn't register for them. So over time, you need to keep giving them evidence to show, oh, right, that's what he does. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom, he's been writing about hip hop for like a year now. Oh, he must, <laughs> right. that must be his thing now. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, one thing I, I, I kind of want to ask you for advice, and I want to make it to the, even the general public, but um, I'm really passionate. Like, I want to do hosting, and I also want to, um, like, be real and educate people on a lot of things because I know in school, like, I went to do my taxes this past year, and I was, like, uh, and I was 21 years old. And, like, little things like that, I, I, along the way, I obviously, I want to put out good content, entertain people, but uh, my overall goal is to, you know, educate and spread like awareness and help people out um, while also, you know, doing my hosting and what, wherever that takes me. But I, on the Internet, I've been saying, like, I'm going to be the biggest host in social media. And like I've also been preaching, like, I want to educate you guys. Let's create a team and like actually build something where we can make generational wealth. So I just want to like. You think that I should just keep reiterating that? And like, this is for anyone. If you're passionate about something, like where's the point where you talk about it so much it's annoying and where you make sure that <laughs> you're, question. that you're, you know, keeping it in their minds? Yeah, I think, I think it is an important question. I think there's, there's a, a little bit of a, um, you know, an art to it, but I would say in general, uh, what I like to fall back on is you want to do a little bit of sort of declarative statements so that people understand where you're coming from and like, oh, okay, they, they sort of right. get why you're doing it. They get the context. But primarily the most important thing is to, to sort of live it out and back it up. So if you say, I'm making up these numbers, but like 20% of the time you're talking about the importance of being a host and why that matters to you and, and your vision for it. It's like, okay, people, people get where you're aiming. And then 80% of the time, they just see you hosting and they realize, you know, without you having to say it, it sinks in and they say, oh, well, all I see this gotcha. guy doing is just like having great conversations and interviewing people and, you know, bringing out wisdom and, you know, teaching. And so it, it sort of lands in their mind because they've both heard it and they've seen it for themselves. Yeah. 
That makes great. Yeah, that makes great sense. Seeing is believing, you know. Yeah, I mean, so what? You've got Griffin here. You need advice. You're with the best personal branding <laughs> expert, thought leader in the world. What can what can Griffin do to kind of get? It sounds like he wants to, you know, be a big host, the biggest host in social media. Also, maybe educate people about some financial things, building generational wealth, you paying taxes, saving money, all that kind of stuff. How does he kind of get there? I mean, what what steps does he have to make? Does he have to create content around it? Does he have to, you know, write and blogs or get published? Like, what are what are next steps to help him get there? Yeah, absolutely. So there's there's a few things that that you can think about and do, right? I think something that I'm sure you're you're already doing, but which is valuable, and I want to highlight it for listeners, is sometimes people say okay, I know I need to be active on social media or I know I need to be creating content, but how do I have time for this? Because there's so many different platforms and it takes so long. And I think really the key to think about is how do you take the same piece of content, the same core content, but break it up in a million different ways? Because if you were literally trying to do something 100% different for Twitter and and for Instagram and for TikTok and then oh why not LinkedIn you know you <laughs> right. would take forever but instead you could do one interview and then you know just in advance plan out oh well, I'm going to I'm going to cut this clip I'm going to have this pull quote I'm going to make a quote card I'm going to do a one minute behind the scenes like hey I'm getting ready to interview Tom Ward this is going to be amazing I'm going to find out xyz from Tom and he posts that you know on on like you know a stories um, those are the kinds of things that takes maybe 5% or 10% more effort, but you're hitting that many more places and you can magnify your reach. That is a great point. And I, I, That's I, excellent, I yeah. actually do this. So when I interview somebody, uh, a big person, it's really for Forbes, but I film it for my YouTube channel, right? So it's a 45 minute interview. Griffin's fans want to find out who he's dating, what drama he has, internet beefs, all that stuff, <laughs> right? But the Forbes reader doesn't care about that. So I have to blend in kind of the gossipy stuff and then some business stuff. So I break down my content like that. The The business stuff goes on Forbes. The gossipy stuff goes on YouTube. And then I break them down into real small clips for TikTok or for an Instagram story. Right. And I put the audio on a podcast. So she's right. I mean, you can take a 45-minute piece of uh, content, a video, an audio clip, whatever, and get so much out of it without having to really do any extra work. Yeah, um, I obviously do that a lot with everything I do. And uh, one thing I, I just kind of wanna wanted to point out is I couldn't find something that I was actually passionate about. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of blur for everyone in the world because they have a lot of things they like, but like finding something you love and finding something you're really passionate about and you can make something out of it. Um, I don't think people realize how um, you know, it's not out of proportion to build something out of something you just love and are passionate about, like, cause you do it every single day. Like a lot of, a lot of people are discouraged, I think, to get on social media. And I, it's like, I just wish I would have came in with that real purpose to begin with and kind of found that. And I think it was even hard for me to find it for a while. So my rambling's going on, but I just wanted to ask you. We have time. How do you figure out what you're passionate about? And like, what are some of the steps that can help you if you don't like know what you're passionate about? Yeah, I love, I love this question. And it actually ties into a second point that I wanted to circle back to, Griff, when it comes to the question of how, you know, how do you become the, uh, the super host? Right. Which is, I think that when people frame the question as how do I find my passion or how do I, you know, how do I live out my passion? 
it puts way too much pressure on them because it implies, I mean, it's almost, it's almost like dating and it's like, are you the one? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God. Like let's get through the first date and maybe we can see. I think some and, of Griffin's dates, I think they've thought he was the one or hoped he was the one. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. So, you know, I, I think that instead of searching for a passion, what I actually recommend people do, which I just feel like takes the pressure off, is say, you know, don't even worry about passion. Just think about what you're curious about. I mean, inherently, there are certain things that probably appeal to you more than others. You know, some people are, are like, you know, they, they're literature people and they've always loved reading books. And some people are science people and they're like, oh, my God, tell me more about that black hole. You know, yeah. like what it, whatever <clears throat> it is. And I think if you can if you can just explore those areas, eventually, if you explore enough of them, you're going to hit a vein and it keeps being fruitful and that will turn into your passion. But initially, it's just like what's interesting. And when I think about somebody like a Tim Ferriss, who has been so successful as a tastemaker, and I feel like, Griff, you have sort of an ability to tap into something similar because, you know, Tim Ferriss is fantastic, but you're 20 years younger than him. And so it's sort of speaking to a different market. He has been really great at just sort of following his own passions, his own curiosity, and kind of bringing the world along with him. So if you listen to his podcast, like, it doesn't even make sense in some way. The only way it makes sense is like, oh, it's just a bunch of stuff Tim Ferriss likes. But right. some of it's about weightlifting. Some of it's about psychedelics. Some of it's about cooking. Some of it's about, you know, making money. It's like, you know what? You could do that too. You could be like, here, what's my smorgasbord of things that I like? And let's just shine a light on it because other people might like it too. Yeah, that is a that's a really good point because one thing that I've struggled with and I know there's probably a lot more people is like, I've always been good at a lot of things, like, you know, whatever what it is. What a tough problem to have. No, like, uh, you know, I don't, I'm just too good looking. I don't you know? mean it like that. I mean, like, like actually like doing things like, you know, weightlifting, I've always been pretty good at it. Um, you know, art, I was always pretty good at it, whatever. Um, but I've never, I feel like I've never been the best or like the greatest in anything. And that's my problem. And that's why I think that's really cool is because I have like, I'm a very open person. I listen to all music. I listen to um, you know, any kind of, like I'll watch any kind of movie. Like I don't have like a really strong, like preference in anything I feel like, cause I'm just so laid back and like whatever. And I just go with the flow. Um, so yeah, I think that's interesting. And I feel like there's people that, you know, might have that same problem as me. So I think that's cool. Dory, one, Absolutely. Of, one of the things after reading your book, and you could talk more about this, is I didn't know, I started this like five years ago. I had no idea where I wanted to go. I had a corporate job. I was selling, you know, it was a good job and it had some pluses too, but I knew I didn't want to be there in 10 years, right? Right. So same thing as you, I had a bunch of interests. Like I'm very interested in health and fitness. I'm interested in all these things. And then one of the things she talked about in her book was, okay, go interview somebody who owns a gym, if that's kind of the business you're looking at. So I, I took a guy to lunch. It was kind of random. I'm yeah. like, Hey, uh, you know, I'm thinking about buying a gym, you know, would you have lunch with me? I'll buy. And then I sat down with him, and then I quickly figured out I didn't want to own a gym, you know, and ah. kind of where I'm at now. I've been there by the way. You thought yeah, about yeah. owning a gym? Yep. Yep. Trust me. Yeah. I've been there. There's some negatives to that, but the point is I didn't know what a YouTuber was when I started this. 
to tell me five years ago, Tom, you're going to be like hanging out in the sway house <laughs> with, you know, a 21 year old TikTok star. I'd be like, what are you talking about? What's a TikTok star? What's a social right. media star? You know what I mean? So I didn't start with that in mind. I started with kind of not sure where I want to go. I know I don't want to do this kind of interested in marketing, kind of interested in fitness. And I kind of like, Dory, you could talk more about that, about what can people do if they do, like Griffin said too, he's got the same thing. I'm interested in a bunch of kind of stuff. How do I figure out which one I should really zero in on? Yeah. So one of the stories that I actually tell in my book, Reinventing You, is about this woman named Elizabeth who had, she she had a lot of interests. She had like half a dozen things that she thought she might like to do for a career. And she just wasn't sure. And so she embarked on a process, kind of like what Tom was talking about, that I, I thought was really interesting. And it was basically, I what I like about this framing is I think sometimes it can be more helpful than the reverse. She basically embarked on a process to try to cross things off her list so she could reduce wow. it down to zero. So she was like, okay, why shouldn't I be a real estate developer? And so she was you know, looking through it. But so she would do things like, you know, invite people out to lunch or to coffee and have conversations and ask them questions. And you have to make sure, you know, sometimes people are looking to almost validate their assumptions and you want to disconfirm. You want to say, you know, Tom, what's the worst part of being a real estate developer? Like, you know, what, what's the, what's the stuff that would scare somebody away? And then you have to find out, could you live with that? Um, so it, it's sort of an interesting thing. You can read books or like memoirs by people in that field. You can watch documentaries about it. Um, but you want to just sort of immerse yourself. Sometimes, I mean, it's a little weirder during COVID, but you can actually, um, if you know somebody or have a friend of a friend, you can sometimes even do job shadowing for a day where you can follow somebody around and actually see what it's like, which can be invaluable. How do That's you, great. and this is the question to you too, how do you bring social media into it if you're a normal guy? Like me, for example, when I started this and I started kind of getting the influencer world more and more into it, my social media reflected that. And it's kind of a tough message. What, you know, what, if, what do you do if you're working now? Because the guys I worked with thought I was crazy and made fun of me behind my back. Like, what's right. this dude doing, you know, interviewing 21-year-olds? They didn't get it. Um, but how do you bring social media into it and kind of transform your brand? Is there an easy way to do it? Do you ease into it? Like how does a normal person use social to kind of transform themselves? Well, I think Tom, a misconception that people have is that when they're presenting something on social media or anywhere in their life, that they have to have it all figured out. And that the only way that they have standing to talk to people is if they're already an expert. But you know, the truth is, I mean, honestly, like who, who among us is actually an expert? We might, you know, the higher of an expert you are, you're probably like, oh yeah, but I only know so little. Like there's so many people that know more than me. Right. Um, <laughs> the, the truth so is true. we have to, we have to treat it as a journey. And so for instance, there's a guy I talk about in Reinventing You named Josh Kaufman who wrote a whole book. He called it the, the, uh, the $100 MBA or sorry, the, the personal MBA. And his whole thing was he hadn't gone to business school. He kind of felt uh, embarrassed that he hadn't gone to business school. And so he decided on his own, he would read all of the books in a business curriculum and then basically like kind of write a book report. Like he'd write about what he learned from these books. And he wasn't coming at it like, oh, I'm the world's best business professor. He was treating people as like fellow travelers on the journey. Like, hey, I read this cool thing. It might help be helpful to you too. And I think a lot of us can come from that 
position and really create content that resonates with a lot of people. Now, the Griffin, wow, this is for great. you to talk about too. I'm not hijacking the conversation. <laughs> no, we're we're going to go back to Griffin now for a sec. Take this podcast, for example. So Griffin's normal fan is not interested in Dory Clark, no offense, and personal branding, but they're not interested in our previous guests and our next guest either. You know what I mean? This whole podcast is different for me. It's like not what my fans follow me for. No. So is there a risk there? I mean, when you're starting something new or you're kind of trying to reinvent yourself, Griff, what do you, what's your thought on that? Like you're starting something new. Yeah. You're not going to get your fans over. So are you trying to create new fans or convert yours or? Well, I think she, she, she mentioned this earlier. Um, you know, like it's not always about like what's going to get the most views. It, this is something that I'm interested in. Um, it's, it's not going to be easy to get people to follow it because it's kind of like, you know, school and you're learning <laughs> and people don't like that. But what I'm going to do eventually, I'm very passionate about, you know, this journey and like, you know, teaching people as much as I can. And what I'm going to keep doing is just putting in valuable moments, like talking about brands, like this is so huge for everyone. And even if this isn't my most listened or, um, you know, like this isn't my most viral, uh, podcast I ever do. It's, it's important for me because I'm spreading my message and regardless, I'm going to keep doing it and maybe one day it'll catch on and maybe it won't. And if I do, I'll just put an X on it and move on to the next thing. But, uh, this is definitely something I'm, I'm trying out and the views for me right now aren't important. That's, that's how I feel. And I don't know, have you ever had anything like that before that you've done? Yeah. I, I think, I think you're coming at it from exactly the right place, Griff. I, I definitely have a lot of things that, that I do in my own business where, you know, I, th I think of it as an experiment and test it out kind of a small bet, but also even if, uh, you know, it's kind of a question of what is your goal for this particular medium, right? You said it yourself. The goal is not views. In many ways, it sounds like this podcast is almost a kind of positioning statement for you. Like you're yeah. putting your stake yeah. in the ground. And, you know, it's it's almost like the question, um, you know, it's like people who are actors in a certain genre and everybody knows them like, oh, he's so funny. He's a great comedian. And then he does like this one art film where he plays a, a terminal cancer patient and everyone's yeah. like, what's he doing? But he wants to prove that he has the range. And I think that's a really important step. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I've seen things like that before. Um, and I think putting the X on it, that's a big thing that I, it brings up a big point for me. It's like, when do you cut your losses? Because in social media, I've done a lot of things where I was trying to build people or I was trying to build a project or I was trying to do a YouTube series or whatever it was. And I was holding on to it too long. Like it wasn't really going anywhere. It didn't have like potential to really be that big, but I was just so invested in it or the person that I couldn't get rid of it. And I've really learned lately how to cut my losses. And I think that's important for a lot of people um, you know, that might be attached to something or, uh, not just literally being blind to not cutting something off. So, so I'm curious, Griff, what, how do you think about that? Like, what is the point, you know, do you create metrics in advance where it's like, okay, if it, if it isn't meeting this and this and this criterion, then it's gone. Or, you know, how do you know that moment? So <clears throat> for me, it's more, it's about like, I think about the situation. I, I, I say, you know, is, is this worth my time? Is this, uh, you know, what are the pros and the cons? Is this a plus or is this minus? Like, 
Um, so for like, for instance, I was doing a, um, a YouTube series, right? And like, it was getting decent views. Um, but it was taking up a lot of time on top of that. It was kind of hurting my, my brand a little bit cause I was being wild and I just had to keep going bigger and bigger and bigger to keep up my image. And like, yeah, it was doing pretty well. You know, I was getting a million views a video. However, the, the amount of time I was putting in, I was missing out business opportunities. I was missing meetings. I was, you know, missing time with my friends. And it was kind of like the, the plus or minus thing. It's like, is, is this helping me more than it's hurting me? And could I use the time that I put into this series into things that could propel me, you know, even further in the future? Because it was kind of like a superficial, like, whatever, it was funny, get views, but I wasn't really building myself as a person and um, kind of like the dynamic that I wanted to take on as a person in the future. So that's kind of what I meant by cut my losses. Like sometimes things might be, you know, they might be doing well in like your eyes, but in a retrospect and for your future and your time and your well-being, it might not be. So that's kind of like more where I was going with it. That's a really interesting point. I love that. Yeah, that's uh, it's it's a struggle for sure, especially with social media because there's so many there's so many pieces that go into it. It's so dynamic because, especially for us in the sway, like in the sway house, you know, we're putting out content like that's just straight up entertaining, and on top of that, we're trying to do business and build funds and angel invest, and you know, on top of that, we're building our own companies, and then, um, you know, you got to be entertaining, you get in drama, so then that kind of conflicts with business, so. You, you have to be really strategic. And I feel like there's a lot of people, even in real life, it's like, just like to make it more basic, it's like friends, you know? You know, is this friend, are they, you know, it's not about if they help you, but it's like, are they, you know, are they making my life harder than what it needs to be? And when do I cut this off? Um, I think people can relate that kind of system of when to cut things off to a lot of different instances. Definitely. Dory, what are some like of the best personal transformation stories you've seen. Um, That's great. I want to hear this. Yeah. Like <laughs> you've dealt with millions of these. What, what are some ones that stick out for you? Well, you know, one, one that I especially like, and this is a story that I tell in reinventing you is, you know, you have to, you have to be smart about taking, taking adversity and just figuring a way out of it, right? Because so many people, unfortunately, if things don't turn out the way that they wanted or hoped, they just kind of curl up into a ball and say, oh, well, it's so terrible. It, it you know, oh, it, never, it didn't work. It never works. And instead, I think what we really need to learn just as individuals to be successful in, in this culture is to just roll with the punches and say, all right, you know, it's not what I thought, but like, how do I turn it into something? And so there's a guy that I, that I know and that I profiled named Craig Delapena, and he had something, this was like his dream job. He had worked so hard to get it. He was a professional uh, bicycle advocate uh, and he was what, an what advocate for rail trail conversion. What does that, uh, so, what does that mean? <laughs> so, ba so, you know, you know, like abandoned railroad corridors, um, they, there's a movement to turn them into bicycle paths and, it, you know, it's pretty fun, you know, it's a good wow. amenity. And so Craig literally was employed by an organization to lobby for the co conversion of railroad trails to bicycle paths. I mean, super fun. Wow. Um, All right. Great. All right. Crazy. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's so <laughs> but, cool. <laughs> so this, this is very cool, but the pr only problem, 
he ended up um, losing his job because they were consolidating offices. And they told him like, look, you can keep your job, but you have to move to a different state, which he didn't want to do. And so his job is not the most um, transferable, right? It's not like he's just, you know, it's not like he's a lawyer and he can just work for a different firm. Um, So what he did, which I love, is he said, all right, I want to still stay working in the rail trail world. How do I do it? So he and his wife had always wanted to open a bed and breakfast. And so they decided to buy a house that was next to a rail trail. And they he knew everybody in the rail trail world. So he marketed it to, as a bed and breakfast to them. He w- It was immediately oversubscribed because everybody wanted to take a vacation at Craig's house to go ride on the bike path by the rail trail. And so he had created this thriving business through his network. And he, you know, he's a smart guy. He picked up on the market signals because people kept saying to him, oh, this is so great. I wish I lived near a rail trail. Wow, what a dream. And so he got his realtor's license and he made even more money because he started selling other people houses next to rail trails. (laughs) No way. Wow. What a specific niche. I mean, rail trails. He was probably the only guy in the world with that job. Wow. That see, that's inspiring right there. It's like, how did he find something that he was so passionate about so precisely? Wow. That's that's honestly so that's so crazy. I can't even believe it. Well, I kind of went through a similar thing, obviously not with rail trail, but kind of slowly getting into this and writing for Forbes, which Dory actually hooked me up with. That's the reason that's how I got into Forbes. Shout out to Dory. Wow. Um Thank you. But as I was getting to, I'm like, I really like talking with people. I really like interviewing people and I'm pretty good at it. Would how do I, you know, what do I do with that? And it took me a while to figure out, okay, I'm going to stay with social media stars. So I'm just going to do the people with the most subscribers. Well, I quickly right. found out that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Doesn't mean anyone's going to read the article or watch the video. Then I go, okay, maybe I should do more like sports entertaining people. And then people weren't into that. So then it took me a while to kind of find my sweet spot and be able to identify, okay, this is my target audience. This is who they want to see. And you know, this is how I go about getting guests. But it took, I mean, it took a couple years to figure that out. You know, it wasn't right off the bat. So yeah, I have a question. So Obviously, you know a lot about brands. You, you've went through it. And um, I guess I just want to know, do you have any like really like cool advice or like a really cool story, like personal story or something along those lines that kind of like, because I know for me, all my self-reflection came from like one thing. So like, do you have that for yourself? Do you have anything like a piece of advice or anything that's like very like that you that motivates you and that's like what you run on? Yeah, you know. This kind of ties in with a point that Tom was just making. I experienced for myself, and I, I work with a lot of coaching clients, and I, I run this, this online community of people who are executive coaches and consultants. And so I see this in a, lot of, in a lot of folks that I work with where they are just beating themselves up because in the early years of their business, everybody's telling them, you have to niche down. You have to find a specialty. You know, Tell us how you're different. And it is really hard to figure that out. I think it's probably true for uh, for online influencers and TikTok stars oh, yeah. too, right? One hundred percent. Yeah, like what's your special sauce? And you know, to the point that you raised earlier, 
you might think it's X, but actually other people sort of are looking for Y. And so you're, you're trying, you're guessing, you're figuring it out. And it's really frustrating for a lot of people because they, they feel stupid. They feel like they're not getting it. And they just, des- you know, it's like, it's like going to college and not knowing what your major is. And then every, it's like, everybody's nagging you when they're like, so what's your major? And you're like, stop asking. <laughs> <laughs> that, but, yeah. Trust me, I totally. get that a lot. So I think, you know, what what I've come to realize is that there is a time as you're developing your brand that's kind of a self-discovery process. And you just have to be gentle with yourself about it because you can try to rush it. I mean, you know, we've seen people in college it's like, yes, I'm an econ major, you know, it, but then if you choose too rashly, by the time you get to junior year, you sort of have a freak out because you realize, no, that's not really what you want to do. And then you need to go back and take all these makeup courses. And it's the same for our personal brands. So early on, I think we need to, we need to carry things lightly as we're learning and as we're figuring it out. We need to test a million things just like Tom did. I mean, that's the important thing, right? Is like, don't go too far down one lane um, where it's like, oh yeah, I specialize in this. Try a bunch of different things and see what you like, see what the market likes, see what seems interesting, and then just do more of that. And that's what will show you. That's how, that's how the market will tell you what it wants you to do. You know, it's great. Let's bring it back to social media too. And I've been obsessively watching these YouTube videos of fake influencers who get exposed, like the guy who you know. I'm, Dan Bilzerian's going through this right now too. You know, they have this lavish lifestyle. I have this, you know, successful company. And then you find out the house is rented. The cars are rented. There is no business. Actually, the business is losing tens of millions of dollars a year. A lot of Griff, a lot of your fans want to be influencers. Every kid wants to be an influencer now. But you see people kind of projecting the image that they're there already when they aren't. It applies to social media a lot, but I think 100%. it applies to people, you know, somebody who wants to be a thought leader, right? Same thing in Dory in your world that all of a sudden I've got the slick website and, you know, I got an article you know, about in Forbes about me and look at me, I'm a multimillionaire, I'm successful, please buy my course. Talk about kind of putting the cart before the horse. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, lots of people very much try to adhere to the, you know, fake it till you make it kind of right. situation. And it, there's a, there's some virtue to it in the sense that, you know, yes, you need, you need to be sort of leaning into the th- the thing that you want, but you can't take it so far that it becomes divorced from reality. I think a, a frame that I find really helpful is one that the psychologist Amy Cuddy talks about. And she says, instead of fake it until you make it, she actually prefers thinking about it as fake it until you become it. And I think that's a sort of nicer way to think about it because it's really, it's not like, oh, I'm going to pretend to be a totally different person. It's more about, okay, I I may not be perfectly confident yet. I may still have some self-doubt. I, you know, I don't have it all figured out, but yes, I'm going to step into being my best self. Now, my best self isn't about having a Lamborghini, but maybe it means, okay, even if I'm a little nervous to put this post out here, I'm going to do it anyway. And the faking it until you become it is, is sort of, you know, summoning up your inner capacity so that you can actually, for real, become better and better. That's great. Fake it until you become it. That's a good one. Dory, I like your story before about the kind of the rail trail guy or whatever we called it, but he was kind of... 
he already had the dream job, right? Do you have a good story about, hey, somebody started out at A and they ended up at B, which was way over here. Do you have any good stories about how somebody who made like a drastic transformation? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, one one sort of COVID story actually is there's a guy who has been a coaching client of mine and I, I love watching his transformation. I mean, one of the things we all have to possess now, I think, is the ability to, to pivot quickly. And so his name is Robbie Samuels. And he had been d- developing a business. He'd even written a book about this, about um, hosting effective conferences. He like consulted for conferences about, you know, how do you, how do you build cohesion among the attendees and how do you encourage networking and, you know, all these kinds of things, which is a fantastic thing to do when there are conferences. <laughs> <laughs> COVID was like, oh, nope, you know, like literally no business. Like the last person they wanted to hear from was Robbie Samuels because they're like, yeah, conferences are the furthest thing from our minds. And so literally within like two days, he told me, he's like, you know, for two days I curled up in a ball and then I'm like, I have to do something. And he decided to reinvent his business. He had already gotten you know, much earlier than the rest of the world, um, just through other things, he had, you know, been doing a lot of video technology. So he was very comfortable with Zoom. And so he's like, you know what, I'm going to start hosting these like Zoom mixers, and I'm going to teach people how to do effective Zoom techniques and like community building. Like, how do you have a good virtual event? How do you have a good Zoom event? And he went all in on it. And he's now managed to build this six-figure business from scratch about hosting virtual events and teaching other people to host virtual events successfully. That's, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, that's incredible. Dory, we're almost out of time. Um, so the person in their car right now listening, or they're working out and they're listening to this, this is all good and this all seems great, you know, when you kind of see the end result. What's the next step for them if they just hey, I want to be somewhere else maybe, and I'm not sure where that is. How do I start the journey? You know, other than everyone go read Dory's book, Reinventing You, but <laughs> what's some steps they can take this week or even today? Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm always a fan, Tom, of just, you know, quick and dirty and fast and cheap. Because I think a problem that that holds a lot of people back is that they feel like, oh, you know, it has to be this big life change and I have to, you know, quit my job and I have to, oh, it's going to take all this money. And the truth is, no, like, I mean, first of all, don't quit your job. (laughs) Second of all, it shouldn't take all this money. What you want to do is test things in a very fast way. And you want to just keep seeing like, okay, is this working? No, no, no. Okay, forget that. I'll do something else. And then when you find the thing that works, it's like, great, we'll do more of that. And so whatever your idea is, whatever your sort of experiment, do a small free thing. I mean, there's a woman that I profile in Reinventing You uh, named Karen, who is a lawyer. And she knew she didn't want to be a lawyer. She was just bored stiff, but she didn't know what she wanted to do. And so she said that that her sort of medicine for herself, you know, to, to give her something to look forward to was that nearly every day she would, and this was back in person, but you could still do this virtually, she would reach out to colleagues or to friends of friends. And she would basically, you know, ask to take them out to lunch 
And just over her lunch break, she would do an informational interview with them about their job. And she got to hear about like, you know, dozens and dozens of different jobs that she didn't even really know about before. And through that process, she ended up meeting somebody that was a university admissions officer. And she, and she was like, whoa, now this sounds interesting. And she actually ended up switching and making that her career. But the step for her initially, because she didn't know, was just the research of like, you know what, let's have lunch dates with a bunch of different people and I'm going to learn more and eventually something's going to catch my eye. Nice. Well, Dory, thank you so much for being on the show. This We've been talking this for an hour. For yeah, I know. this I know. is pretty I good. Could, I could just sit here and talk all day because this relates to me so much. But Dory, thank you. What are you promoting? I mean, your books, courses. Yeah. Tell us tell how us, we can. Tell us what, tell us what you're working on. Yeah. Thank you, gentlemen. Well, my uh, my next book is going to be coming out next fall, actually. So uh, so you know, keep it keep it in the the back burner of your mind. It's coming out from Harvard Business Review Press. It's called The Long Game: How to Be oh. a Long Term Thinker in a Short Term World. So that's I'm pretty excellent. pumped about that. I live Thank that every you. day. Nice, we're pumped. <laughs> and how about your your coaching things, Dory? Too. What um, how if people want more Dory Clark in their lives, what do they do? Yeah, thank you. Well, the the best way to get more Dory uh, in your life, actually, on my website, I have more than seven hundred free articles that I've written. Like you, Tom, I've spent a lot of time writing for Forbes, writing for Harvard Business Review. So uh, folks can download them and also some free self assessments at doryclark.com. Awesome. Hey, Everybody- Dory, thank you. I'm I'm gonna be visiting. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show, Dory. I really appreciate it. Yes, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you so much. Great to spend time with you. Thanks. See you, Dory.